You're listening to The Lunar Body, a podcast for feminist menstruators who want to manage their health naturally and supernaturally through nutrition, herbalism, and intuitive expansion using science and the moon as your guides. Hi, welcome to The Lunar Body. Thank you for your patience last couple weeks as I got my shit together. I spent a lot of time with my family and it was nice. I'm very close with my family and not being able to see everyone this year has been really hard, but we're getting vaccinated. We're moving towards some possibility of holidays and birthday parties once again, and I, for one, cannot fucking wait. So (laughs) it's been a difficult few weeks, but I'm glad that I was able to be with my family and we're, we're moving forward from here. So I appreciate you, um, being so kind about the break that I took for a couple weeks and the messages that I got. So I appreciate you. We're going to start with a question this week, a listener question from Erica. She said, your episode on irregular periods was really eye-opening. I'm realizing that my cycle as a whole is irregular and I'm following some of the recommendations you made, but I'm wondering how to know when I should see my gyno or if I can manage this on my own. I'd like to avoid going to any doctors right now if possible, But since I had no idea irregular periods were a problem, I don't know at what point that I should be seeing a doctor. Do you have any advice? This is a great question. Before I get to it, as always, this information is for educational purposes only. It is not medical advice, and it's your responsibility to speak to a qualified healthcare provider about your unique needs. The final decision when considering any diet or lifestyle change, whether it's discussed on the internet, in a podcast, or prescribed by a doctor, is always your own. So this is a great question, and I feel you on not wanting to go to the doctor right now, especially right now. It can feel a little scary since we're still in a pandemic, and I want to validate that because a lot of people are going back to their normal lives, and sometimes it feels like we're living in an alternate universe because it's not over yet. (laughs) And to see like Instagram stories of people traveling, and it just feels like it's a whole different reality that we're somehow not a part of. So I feel this, but also... Even when we're not dealing with a global health emergency, if you have shitty insurance and a trip to the doctor can put a dent in your bank account, that's a valid concern too. Or if your medical experience has been a lot of dismissiveness, or if you have trauma that keeps you from wanting a gynecologist to examine you, I understand wanting to avoid going to the doctor if possible. And that's why I make this podcast so you have accessible information to help you out. And while a lot of problems related to your menstrual cycle can be figured out or worked on at home through diet and lifestyle, there are times when you need a medical professional to help you out and be part of your care team. But knowing when that is can be confusing, especially since no one probably told you that period problems are something to be concerned about in the first place. Changes to your period are to be expected over time. Your cycle isn't always going to be this perfect 28-day copy and paste event. It is likely now that you're not even at 28 days. So (laughs) the length of your cycle can shift and the life stressors can have an impact on you like emotional stress, illness, medications, all these things can affect your cycle. Also changes to your diet. There are going to be variables with some cycles that shift things a little bit and that's okay. 
That's why we track. Because if it happens occasionally, it's not an issue, it's more when we start to see patterns of things happening. For regular cycles in particular, if there's a pattern of it being 24 days and under, or over 36 days, or wildly shifting from short to long, that's something to explore. If you're missing your period, there are two ways that it can be classified as an officially absent period, um, otherwise known as amenorrhea. Primary amenorrhea is when you haven't had your period by the age of 15. And secondary amenorrhea is with people who have had their period before and have now missed three periods in a row at least. So by the third missed period, if you're tracking, first you'll want to get a pregnancy test if that's a possibility. If you're tracking your temperature, take a look to see if you have a consistent reading over 97.8 degrees for at least 18 days because that indicates pregnancy as well. Either way, though, pregnant or not, you'll want to visit your doctor to figure out what's going on. Also, if you're tracking or keeping a regular journal routine, look back to what's happened in the last few months for any clues about stressors that you can discuss with your doctor, too. Another marker of irregular periods is by the flow, so whether it's too light or too heavy. And it can be hard to figure out whether your flow is too heavy or not because you only really have yourself to compare notes with. It's not like, you know, you could talk about it with your friends. You might have some idea, but you're not like in their underwear. You can't see. So (laughs) some people don't realize what they're experiencing is not what everyone else experiences until others are open about it. So talk to your friends. That could be one way. But how heavy is too heavy? Typically, abnormally heavy bleeding is considered to be over 80 milliliters, but you're probably not pouring out your menstrual cup into a measuring cup or squeezing out your pads, but it comes out to about one-third cup of blood over the course of your period, whereas the average amount is between 5 to 80 milliliters. So that's a big range, and that shows you that everyone's body is different. Too heavy bleeding can also mean having to change your pad or your tampon every one or two hours. In this really heavy bleeding, this is what's known as menorrhagia. And other than heavy bleeding, it can also mean prolonged bleeding, so eight days or longer. And in both of these cases, you'll want to take a trip to the gyno. So if you're dealing with an irregular cycle, you can continue the recommendations I talked about, but three or more missing periods and abnormally heavy bleeding are two cases in which you'd also want to see your doctor. Today's episode is about why you still have period problems. Maybe you thought you grow out of it as you get older, or you have a good cycle sometimes, but every once in a while your body throws you for a loop and things get unpredictable. I'm going to talk about some common reasons why things like PMS, period pain, and other cyclical problems might still be an issue for you. The first reason is that your doctor prescribed birth control to help you regulate your period. This is a myth. This is a very common myth. The only thing that birth control regulates is the timing of your period. That becomes predictable and regular. You might find some relief from the symptoms, but it doesn't mean that those symptoms have been cured. Before I get into it, I do want to stress that there is no shame in taking birth control if that's your decision. However, I believe that the pill is overprescribed and it's framed as a solution when it's really not targeting the root cause of your problems at all. And we aren't usually given enough information to have fully informed consent. So if you're on it because you've been told that it's regulating your cycle, it's not. And it's worth exploring getting to the root of those problems. But how does the birth control pill work? The mechanism of action is to inhibit ovulation and create hostile cervical mucus. This is also the mechanism of action for the implant as well. And 
The Mirena IUD creates hostile cervical mucus. The copper IUD is spermicidal and ovicidal. So those are the way those all work. But I'm going to focus here on the pill since it's the most common one that I see in my practice. So the pill works by suppressing ovulation and creating hostile cervical mucus. And that means that the environment in your vagina isn't good for sperm. They can't swim easily. There are different types of pills, like combination synthetic estrogen and progesterone, or progestin-only pills. Progestin is the name for synthetic progesterone. Either way, the function here is to alter the communication between your brain and your ovaries. Hormone production starts in the brain, and those signals that come from the brain and go to the ovaries are essentially shut down. And this is a temporary state, right? Once you're off the pill, your hormones are going to be produced again, and you'll likely have the same problems that you started with, which is why it's so important to figure out the root cause of your hormone imbalance, because the pill doesn't fix it or regulate it. If you have severe symptoms and you need the pill to manage life, that's okay. I also encourage you to find a practitioner who will work with you on the underlying cause of those symptoms as you're still taking the pill. Well, what's the harm in taking the pill if you don't want to come off of it? Maybe you're fine without your natural cycle and you don't want kids anytime soon. You are free to do what you want with your body. And you should also have a conversation with your doctor about the known side effects of the pill, including compromised gut health, nutrient deficiencies, adrenal and thyroid issues, anxiety, depression, blood sugar dysregulation, and the risk for some more serious issues. And I don't want to scare you. This is not meant to be like a fear tactic, but you deserve to be fully informed so you can make a more intentional decision for yourself. One thing I've learned as I've dealt with my own health and heard from clients' experiences is that doctors are human, not gods, especially when it comes to your health and well-being. You don't have to take everything they say as gospel. Me either. You don't have to take anything I say as gospel, especially if it doesn't feel right. It's okay to ask questions, to ask for clarification, to ask for more information, more of their time, to get a second opinion. You deserve to have your needs met, your symptoms taken care of, not just on the surface, but at the root too. And sometimes that means having a care team rather than just one doctor, so you can get different perspectives and so they can communicate with each other to provide more well-rounded care for you. And I know that with American healthcare, trust me, I know this, it sounds like a pipe dream. And it's true that it requires a lot of privilege to have a care team, to have good insurance, to be able to afford doctor's visits and multiple doctor's visits, to be able to take time off to go to those appointments. Our country does not make it easy or accessible, but if you are able to make it happen, it's well worth the effort. And if not, There are free resources like this one that help you out. There's lots of free resources online. There's books you can check out from the library. I often recommend books in the show notes. There's practitioners out there who are willing to work with your budget. I offer a sliding scale for my services. So if you're interested in working together, you can always ask me about that. But there are ways to make health accessible for you. And there are people out there who are trying to make that happen. So while it would be amazing for all of us to have the healthcare that we deserve, It is a little bit harder when you have a budget and when things aren't as accessible. But if you're here, I'm so glad you're here and you are in the right place. And if you want to reach out to me, if you're looking for different options, if you need referrals, feel free to reach out and ask me for what you need. I may be able to point you to resources that might be helpful. I'm here for you. The second reason your period problems aren't improving is that you've accepted them as a fact of life. 
When you first got the talk about your period, if you did get one from your mom or your sister or some other figure in your life, that conversation probably revolved around how to contain it or all of the terrible things to expect. You know, the various products that you'll need to use, all of the horrible symptoms that are coming your way, the cramps, the mood swings, the cravings. I've heard of people having a little celebration when they got their first period. I think that is so cute. I think that's the sweetest thing. But I don't think that happens for most of us. It's like, good luck, kid. Here's a giant pad that feels like a diaper. You're going to be self-conscious, wondering if everyone at school can see it through your jeans, and you'll probably bleed through the middle of history class. It's also literally in the dictionary as a metaphor for the word curse. (laughs) So it's ingrained in us deeply that periods come naturally with pain, discomfort, depression, cravings, all these terrible things. And we grow up believing this, and many people make it to menopause believing this. Their entire cycling life bogged down by symptoms that were actually not normal, and they were told they were normal. These symptoms are a sign that something is out of alignment, that there's an imbalance, and most of the time it can be solved by getting in alignment with your cycle. Imagine what you could do with all the energy spent dreading your period, having your period and being miserable, being confined to the couch because you're in too much pain to go about your life, missing social invitations, missing school or work, no energy or motivation for creative projects. Imagine what you could do if you had that time back. How much more powerful you could be if you could channel all of that time and mental space to things that really mattered more to you. You could put that energy into creative pursuits, your spiritual practice, strengthening your friendships and family relationships and romantic relationships, being an activist, being your best, most authentic self. It's a possibility and it often doesn't feel like it because of this third reason. You're not taught anything about your menstrual cycle. You might be taking mitol and resting during your period thinking that that's the only thing you really need to do, but your cycle contains so much else that you can work with that contributes to how your period's going to go. I don't personally remember learning anything about the menstrual cycle in my health or biology class. The gist of our knowledge is like you bleed for a week, stuff some cotton in your pants, grab the painkillers and a heating pad, grit your teeth until next week. Many people don't actually know what happens throughout their cycle until their 30s or their 40s or their 50s and beyond. And this is not your fault. It's the fault of our educational system. It's the fault of our scientific community for not including menstruators or accounting for cyclical changes in research. It's medical institutions for perpetuating implicit bias against our complaints. Every so often, I get very angry emails from men who somehow end up on my website about periods telling me I'm an idiot for not knowing how my cycle worked and that it's my own fault and it's not the patriarchy's fault. The emails are absurd, violent actually, but it's the fault of the patriarchy and patriarchal standards that infiltrate education and research. It's actually astounding these emails I get. It's actually not just men. It is mostly men, but I also get emails from women who say the patriarchy isn't real. And it always happens to be before 10 o'clock in the morning. So wherever they are, if they're in my time zone or not, it is early where they are. And they're sending these emails first thing in the morning. And they are just, it's it's a lot to take in in the morning. (laughs) They just get up and choose anger. But 
I would love, I would absolutely love to hear these men explain to me how the menstrual cycle works if they think I'm such an idiot. And if you don't know how it works, I've explained it all for you in the very first episode to help you get acquainted with it. And please do not feel bad at all because we aren't taught this information. And this is why I'm here. This is why this podcast exists. And once you're familiar with not just how a healthy cycle works, but what your personal rhythms look like, things will change. Your outlook will change. Your perspective on your physical and mental feelings throughout your cycle will change. Suddenly there becomes less of a need to feel guilty about resting and living in alignment with your cycle helps you reduce PMS symptoms too. So there's no PMS induced snapping at your partner or your kids and also no subsequent regret that immediately floods in after you snap at them. There's less shame or hatred towards your body as it fluctuates throughout the month because it does or feeling out of control with your hormones. You know that feeling of like, white knuckling through your period and holding on for dear life, hoping this month won't be another bad one. Yeah, there's a lot less of that. Identification and awareness are foundational elements of change and learning about your menstrual cycle will get you on the right path to solving your problems, your period problems. And reason number four, you might still be having period problems. You think aligning with your cycle is only for people with more time and more money than you. Cycle syncing is a big topic these days. It's becoming more mainstream, but a lot of the rhetoric that I see is very rigid to me. Like, you must do this my way. You must follow my guidelines or your entire endocrine system will collapse. (laughs) And I've also had clients say this to me too, that they've tried following a certain plan, but it just didn't feel aligned with what was actually going on in their body. And that's good. They're listening to their intuition. A big complaint that I've heard is that in addition to this, is that it feels like you have to change your entire life in order to keep up with cyclical living. And that's not really true. It certainly is a whole lot easier to fully honor the ebbs and flows of your cycle when you're in complete control of your life. For instance, you work from home, you work for yourself, you have no kids, you have no partner, it's just you that you have to worry about. That's almost never the case. I work for myself, I work from home, I have no kids, but I also have a partner that I include in my life and clients I need to honor my commitments with, and family and friends that I want to see, it's pretty much almost never the case that we can perfectly honor our cycle every single day. We all have obligations and wants and needs that fall outside of what our cycle phases need. Jobs to do, bosses to please, kids to entertain, social lives to maintain. But the more you develop cycle consciousness and By that, I mean awareness around your personal patterns and rhythms needs. The better you're able to manage your life while staying in alignment. For example, maybe you are in your late luteal phase, so just before your period. Your energy is low. You're dealing with PMS. You just want to be alone. But you have meetings to attend, despite not feeling very social. So how can you honor your cycle? In this case, I'd say if you're able to have some control over the meeting, since the luteal phase is when you're typically better at admin work and evaluation rather than brainstorming new ideas, see if that can be your role for the meeting that day. If not, that's okay. I would try to plan some extra self-care around this time to sort of give yourself a buffer for the things you can't change. And by self-care, I don't necessarily mean go home and pamper yourself for hours. If you have the capacity to do that by all means, amazing, but it may just mean that you close your laptop after and disconnect for 15 minutes, or you take a walk, 
or you go make yourself a cup of tea, something that makes you feel good and allows you some space to recharge. I'm a lot less rigid about this stuff because while I can tell you how your cycle and energy typically fluctuate based on the science, you're an individual who knows your body best, and so you can wake up every day and decide what you need. We track our cycles to look for patterns so we can better plan for what we need, but it's also important to check in with yourself to see if you're in alignment with what's been planned or if you need to make some adjustments. This is a daily practice that doesn't require any money, and it only requires time in ways that work for you and that fit in your lifestyle. Psychoconsciousness is what I'm here for. Like, yes, as a vibe, but I'm also literally here to help you with that. And here's why I think it's so important, besides all of the reasons that I just mentioned. It helps you cultivate body literacy. Body literacy is a term used in the fertility awareness method. This is a method of natural birth control and pregnancy achievement. And it means self-knowledge about your signs of fertility. And that's like sort of the next step. But I also think body literacy extends to honoring the natural ebbs and flows of your cycle, learning about what does and doesn't work for your body, gaining an awareness about how you personally work and how all of this helps you to be a stronger advocate for your health. So when you know something's off and the tests come back normal, when you're told it's all in your head, you have the data to back up your concerns because you've been tracking. So you have more language to use to be proactive in your health. Cycle consciousness also helps you strengthen your intuition and your creative force. Painful cramps, mood swings, intense cravings, heavy bleeding, fatigue, and other PMS symptoms bring a lot of noise with them and a lot of mental clutter, and that takes up a ton of valuable energy. Clearing that clutter allows you more space for intuitive messages to come through. And if you don't know, your menstrual phase is actually your most intuitive phase because it's when the hemispheres of your brain communicate more strongly. So knowing how to get quiet and listen at that time, developing a relationship with your intuition, learning how it speaks to you, it really helps you create a deeper relationship with yourself and with the universe or whatever higher power that you honor in your practice. And finally, this is a feminist issue. I'm a firm believer that PMS is a tool of the patriarchy. It might not be a conscious thing, but it's absolutely a systemic problem within science and medicine and education. And when you're out of commission for one week every month, that's 12 weeks a year. That's a quarter of the year. When your moods ricochet from one emotion to another, it's fodder for why people who menstruate can't be in power or why you should be paid less. And it's ammo for calling you hysterical. And not to say that period problems make you weak, but the system is designed for you to suffer, so the people in power can use it as an excuse to stay there. Aligning with your cycle is a daily practice that helps dismantle the patriarchal standards of living that we've all internalized. And until now, you've been living in a world that wasn't designed to support you. Working with your natural cycle unlocks a whole new way of living that accounts for your changing needs throughout the month, filling up your tank to become the powerful being you are, rather than depleting that valuable fuel you need to have a fulfilling life. If you feel fired up about this, I would love to invite you to my free class coming up. It's a little early right now, but I know the workshop. It's a little early right now, I know, but the workshop is happening on May 19th, and it's called The Patriarchy Versus Your Body. If you're not sure if you can make it live this early on, that's okay. Sign up anyway, and you'll receive reminders leading up to the workshop and also a replay afterwards. 
but we're going to talk about how our health and hormones are impacted by patriarchal standards of living, the importance of body literacy and cycle consciousness. So we talked about that a little bit today. We'll go further in that. The lack of education around menstruators' bodies in science and medicine, why diet culture and emotional eating are feminist issues, and what you can do to break free from the patriarchy, live cyclically, reduce your PMS symptoms, and be empowered to care for your body in a way that serves your unique needs. The goal of this workshop is to help you understand how you can embrace your own inner power and align your life with the flow of your menstrual cycle. It's how you can discover your superpowers. Because, my friends, you are so magical, and I want you to know it. You can RSVP for this at goodwitchkitchen.net slash workshop. It's happening May 19th. That's it for this week. If you learned something today, I'd love for you to leave a review for me in iTunes. It means a lot to know that this show is of value to you and that I'm not just shouting into the void. This show takes a lot of time and effort. It's a one-woman operation. I write... I record, edit, publish all on my own and don't get paid for it. I do it because accessibility is important and I love this medium, but I do want to make sure that what you're accessing is valuable to you. Otherwise, what am I doing here, right? So if you have a moment to give me a star rating or to leave a review, I wholeheartedly appreciate it. It lets me know that you're here, that you're consuming this, that I'm not doing this for no one. (laughs) So thank you also to everyone who has already reached out via email or DM. I appreciate you. You are all the best. Thank you so much for listening. I hope to see you at the workshop in May and I will talk to you next week. Thank you for listening to The Lunar Body. If you'd like to get in touch, you can email me at thelunarbody at gmail.com or find me on Instagram at goodwitchkitchen. If you liked what you heard today, I'd love for you to leave a review on iTunes. My love language is words of affirmation, so you know I'll appreciate it on a deep soul level. But it also helps amazing, lunar, lovely feminists like you find my show. Thank you so much. Until next time.